Flyers Daily with Jason Martinez. All right, here we go. It's Monday, December 6th edition of Flyers Daily with Jason Martinez. Flyers have gone now winless in eight straight games. They fall to the Tampa Bay Lightning, 7-1 the final. Flyers go down 2-0 in the first period. And then all said and done, another another game where they can't get the goal scoring they need, only scoring the one goal in the game, late in the game, and also not being able to keep the puck out of their own net and allowing seven goals in the hockey game to a team that was playing three games in four days, four games in six days, five games in seven days when they had three days off prior. So much so that that's an advantage in the NHL when you had three off days without games heading into this one. And Tampa Bay having played five games in seven days. So much so that Las Vegas had an even money line on the game. Each team was minus 110. All things considered, Flyers come in with a seven-game losing streak at the time. Tampa Bay being as good as they are. Flyers playing as poorly as they were. Even with that, because of the five games in seven days and the fact that the Flyers were well-rested, Vegas put out an even money line. And the Flyers could not take advantage of it. And they go down in the game 7-1. to one. So to help break this down, let's bring him in right now. Uh, under not the most uh, ceremonial of appearances, but it is from NHL.com, PhiladelphiaFlyers.com, and HockeyBuzz.com. It's Bill Meltzer. And Bill, we're, I had to call you in. I had to, I had to tap in the left-hander out of the bullpen because I couldn't do it by myself. Um, <laughs> and it's coming off a 7-1 loss against the Tampa Bay Lightning. You and I just got home. It's 10.30 at night for full disclosure. Uh, what's your kind of overriding feel on what we saw tonight? You know, I I think you saw what happened when you have a very fragile team that's in one of these spells where, you know, it's, uh, it becomes a, it almost, you you come into the game thinking tonight's going to be different. You know, I think that was the mentality. You have three days off in the schedule, put a couple of practices in, Blah 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 blah. You know the you you, you go in, you have uh, an on paper advantage in that you you're a rested team. You're playing a team that's playing their fifth game in seven nights. They don't have Braden Point. They don't have Kucherov. You know, and, and Vasilevsky needs a night off because they just went overtime last night in Boston. And um, you know, and and we all know that Brian Elliott is a pro, but also we also know Brian Elliott is not Vasilevsky. And hasn't so, been this year. Eight eighty seven no. save percentage coming in. No. So that you know, this is this is a golden opportunity, and you come into the game, and I no no issues with the start. Flyers had a very good start to the game. Um, can't can't put one in the net early, you know. Hang with the program. Then you give up two goals in the span of a minute, and now all the negative thoughts are, are you know, and it, it becomes it becomes a death spiral again. Um, you know, and that, that's that's what I saw. Where you know, there's a lot of a lot of overplays, a lot of uh, a lot of jitters. Anytime you find yourself on the defensive side of the puck, so guys overskating pucks, you know, um, just it, it it just it just becomes a cycle. And when you when you and I talked, um, I guess it was a, a week ago now, or almost a week ago, you know, we, we agree that when you're getting picked apart in, in transition and you're having defensive breakdowns, it happens long enough. It's going to drag the goaltending down with it eventually, and I mean honestly, that's a little bit of what happened tonight. I, I this was a game where the Flyers really could have used a couple of saves there from from Carter Hart. Not that not that he has primary responsibility, 
it, but it's, you know, it, it, it's become an all encompassing thing. Nothing, nothing went well tonight, you know, and I, I don't, I don't care how you want to slice, you know, it's a game where you look at the analytics and it's a game where you just toss those analytics and analytics in the trash yeah. because the analytics were favorable to the flyers, but anyone who saw the game knew that, you know, knew that once it was two to nothing, the flyers were very unlikely to come back. Yeah. It, it, it's becoming bill like a, a self-fulfilling, you know, prophecy to failure because even though with that good start and even after the first period, they're down two nothing, but you're right from an analytics standpoint, they had a slight edge possession wise. They outshot the other team. They did not high danger chance them, but it, overall chances they had the, yeah. Yeah. The I mean, raw numbers that, I mean, they had the, the, the edge in that regard, but again, shots don't matter. It's about quality. And yeah. let, let me ask you though, about, you know, the, the spiral that you just talked about, because who does that fall on? Where does the spiral fall on? Cause you know, I'm always a, a guy that says, you know, players play, coaches coach. Yeah. But well, it seems like yeah. the message is, is is very lost right now on I, all ends. I, I think there's I think there's plenty of blame to go around. You know, you, when when you're you've changed so many players around and the same things keep happening, you can't give the coaches a free pass. There's there's a coaching piece of it too. Yeah. Something isn't connecting in there. On the flip side, though, you know, you go into that second period down two to nothing. You have a, a matchup on the ice where you have your first line and top D pair out against their fourth line. You get scored on. I mean, that's not on the coaching. That's on the players. Yeah. And their fourth line got another goal after that. So, you know, their fourth line outscored your entire team tonight. And that's, you know, that, I mean, that, that should be embarrassing. The uh, you know then there was the misplay on the on the shorthanded goal and that that ends Carter Hart's night, but I mean it, it's uh, I mean I you know it's almost counterproductive I think Jason to say you know it's this guy it's that guy it's that guy it's really everybody yeah. I you know it's funny I was going as I was driving back home tonight I, I I would say you name the player and my answer to you in Basically, every case is has to be better, has to be better, has to be better, and it, it starts from the but it starts from the top. Your best players have to be your best players. So, you know, you need Sean Couturier to get going. You need Konechny. You need you know, you need Giroux to make a play in a key spot. And Giroux's been been I think one guy who overall I think has been continuing to plug away and is you know I, I mean I really don't have specific complaints about Giroux. Oh, only you know the fact that you know. He had that two goal game the last time they played Tampa. They could use another one of those, right? Yeah, it's uh, but it, but it's it's pervasive. It, you know, Ivan Provorov is really struggling right now, and you know you need him to be your best defenseman, and he just hasn't been, <laughs> and nobody you know nobody else is picking up the slack either. So you know you, you can point fingers, but it's really it's really a collective thing, a hundred percent. If they're going to have success, it has to be from the collective, and now they're having obviously the polar opposite of that and it's collective failure, isn't it? It's a hundred, it's absolutely collective failure. And it just did, it, it, it just, uh, you know, it just replicates itself over and over again. They said, you, you see that death dance where they saw, you saw it in Madison square garden the other night too. Right. And you, you get behind three to nothing in that game and you know, you're chasing the game the rest of the night. And it's just, that's just not, that's not the way to have success and you know i mean it just you know and particularly on the heels of you had a couple of practices and the, what were the what were the two themes 
of the two days in practice, other than other than coming out with a good tempo and pace, you know, against against a Tampa team that theoretically on paper should have been a tired team. It was off puck play, and it was making plays in tight spaces. What did they not do again tonight? They didn't defend well, and when they had opportunities, they had some open looks that they they passed, but they didn't execute in, in tight spaces. Actually, when uh, when Tampa challenged them, they had you know they had some turnovers, and you know they you get a, a point shot block that goes back the other way, ends up in your net. It's a, it's that same stuff you see over and over and over again. It, it gets really frustrating. It really does, and it's fascinating because. You know, it, it's just going on now. And it's not just this eight games, Bill. It's beyond this eight games. I yeah. mean, they haven't scored th- more than three goals since October 27th. That's correct. Yeah. That's stunning. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, I guess, the game in Edmonton, right? The game yeah. in Edmonton. Exactly. The, yeah, they won, they won one after that, I think, two to one in Vancouver. And since that time, they haven't scored more than three goals in any game. And, you know, that's just, that's just what's, no margin of error, you know, for for your team defense or your goaltending. You know, you can win, you can win two to one games, you can win three to two games, but you need the occasional game where you're, you know, you get the you get the run support, and it it has a carryover effect too because if you do find yourself trailing early, I mean, sometimes sometimes uh, one to nothing or even two to nothing because you know what, it, it's manageable. Get one back by the end of this period, we're okay. Right now, it feels like one to nothing is a mountain, you know. It really does, and it. I don't. I don't know what the fix is, but let's talk about it because Elaine Vigno's alluded to it as well. Uh, that he he's been in this game a long time. He's not oblivious to the fact when a team's got an eight game losing streak is struggling like this. The seat gets hot. You know how hot is the seat though? It's getting hotter. Uh, you know, I mean, as much as. AV and, and others say, you know, last year is last year. Well, last yeah, last year's last year. But when things start to look like they did a year ago, when when things are looking like they did last March, uh, it, the seat gets hotter, right? And it's particularly, you know, there there gets a cycle, right, where um, they changed a lot of personnel around the summer. They had a lot of guys who'd been captains in other cities, talked about character, talked about you know, the, the ability to dig deep and handle adversity. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it's not 100% on the coaches. It's not 100% on the players. There, there's there's a collective blame that goes around. But, okay, but what's what's your next move here? Because trades are trades are hard to make this time of year, as we talked about. And, you know, you can try to make a deal with a, another struggling team. Sometimes you can do that. The most likely next step, if, if that spiral continues, and it's for a second straight year, you know, quite often is, is a coaching change. I mean, A.V. himself alluded to the fact that things happen when things go unabated like this. And, you know, you can have all the uh, all the good practices in the world. It's a results-oriented business, right? And when you're not getting the results, you know, uh, I, I mean, things tend to happen. But the other, the other flip side of that, Jason, changing coaches will not make uh, Ryan Ellis suddenly healthy and in the lineup. Or it's not going to make the forward group deeper. You know, it's not going to, you know, so, you know, I, it's, it's not a magical pill. Sometimes when you change coaches, you get that instant bump for, for a period of time, but the, you know, but we can all see what goes on game after game after game and those flaws are still there. So that, you know, there's, there's a also still, 
there's also still that the pieces aren't quite right. Yeah, it's a new coach is kind of like cover up makeup for yeah. acne. Like right. <laughs> You know, I mean, what a crappy parallel that is by me, but it's the first one I thought of. Uh, and maybe it can mask the problem for a short period of time. But the fact of the matter is this, Bill, is even as, as horrid as this eight-game losing streak has been and, you know, for some time before that, that they're not in a position where they're so buried in the standings, you know, where you look at it and go, I mean, Detroit right now has got one of the wild cards, and they have four games, I guess three games in hand now on the Flyers. But, you know, when you look at the situation and – you know, we see Vancouver did make a move and they moved on from Travis Green and they ended up hiring Bruce Boudreaux as the head coach. Is this, I mean, it still seems early for me. We're still weeks from Christmas. Yeah. And, 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 yeah. and I, I, I was, and it was in the game preview I had on the Flyers site today. I looked for when was the last time the Flyers went through something like this, particularly offensively? 2009? It was, uh, it was, 2013-14, the year okay. the year that they let Lavi go after Game Three. Yeah, and 15 games of that into that season, the Flyers were 4-10 and one, and they were averaging 1.49 goals a game over the first 15 games of that season. Um, they ended up making the playoffs, and that that, that was the year they took uh, Vino's Rangers to seven games in the first round. That was that was the end. Of, you know, that was the last year that Homer was GM and, and whatnot. But mm-hmm. I mean, they, they've had a stretch like that before and ended up making the playoffs. You know, I mean, to four, four, nine and one could hardly be a more inauspicious start. And the power play was, I think, six for 60 to start the year. And you're averaging under a goal and a half a game. You know what turned that team around? It started, and that was a game where the Flyers took a seven nothing whipping at the hands of uh, the Capitals. But it was the, the line brawl and the Emory uh, the Emory beatdown of Holtby. Holtby. It was almost cathartic. Yeah. Then what happened? Well, the next day they were they have a game against the Devils and they win that one one to nothing. And then a couple of days after that, they had a game against Edmonton where Giroux finally scored his first goal of the year. And remember, Giroux ended up as a Hart Trophy finalist that year. It was really it was really if you remember, they got an early first period goal, maybe in the first minute, first two minutes. And from all from all people, Jay Rosehill, and that almost relaxed the team. Yeah. They, they they got four goals that game, which was by you know first time they had four that season, and then they were okay. They they went thirty eight twenty and uh, what thirty eight twenty and something the rest of that year. And they they made the playoffs. Different group, different season, different players. It can be done, but uh, you know, but I mean, right now, right now you you look for you look for the signs of coming out of it. You look for the signs of you know, a team that's hanging together and they say all the right things. And I do believe that it's a group that likes one another, you know, and, and all the rest of that. And they do have, a, they do have a group that's, you know, that that's been in leadership roles in other, in other cities, but, you know, again, it's a result oriented business and you can't, you know, you, 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 you know, you can't live on, on what some past team did or whatever. I'm just saying that it's doable, but uh, I'm not feeling a lot of optimism right now. Yeah, uh, Bill, they end up pulling Hart from the game after he misplays the puck and turns it over. Essentially, it ends up in the back of the net. And it's a situation where they don't want to pull Hart in that game. You have a game tomorrow, you have five and seven. Now you got two goalies playing a half a game. They're going to go back to Martin Jones tonight. Would you would you prefer the decision to go right back to Hart tomorrow? Or do you do you like the decision going with Jones tomorrow? Well, I, yeah, I thought it was I thought it was Jones's start regardless. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I think you go with a guy who. I, I don't think you, you know, I don't, 
I don't know. To me, it would have been almost punitive to Jones to, to go back to hard night because that was the goaltending plan going in was that Jones was going to play on Monday. And it's not like, uh, it's not like Jones has been, you know, bad. I mean, tonight I, I had a few concerns with, with Carter just because I didn't love the Radish goal. Um, I, I, you know, it was, I don't know. It wasn't an awful goal. It was scored off the rush. I mean, Hedman made a good pass and Radish, Radish could really shoot the puck, but I don't know. I would have liked to save there. I would have liked to save there so that you're not down three to nothing. And that to me was, you know, clear sighted shot top of the circle. And I mean, Hey, he blew it. He blew it over hard. So yeah. credit Radish, but you know, I would have liked to save there. And then, then there's the, Play where he mishandled the puck. I think you. I think you had to switch goalies there, and I don't have a problem. I don't have a problem with that, so long as you know, so long as you're going back to hard on Wednesday. Yeah, I, I presume that's the case. That they'll go back to him on Wednesday against the Devils, and then you have the back-to-back coming up this weekend, Friday in Vegas, Saturday in Arizona. Uh, Bill, I mean, I'm at this point now where I'm trying to figure like how long can this keep going on before either a transaction of a player some kind of move in personnel with the, the staff, something. And, and I just don't know that I have the right answer right now. I'm looking for answers with this team. And I just don't know what the answers can be because I don't want management to make decisions just to make a decision. If right. you're going to make a decision, it has to be the right decision. You don't do it just to satisfy the bloodthirst of a fan base or just to change chemistry. You have to make prudent moves now, just as just as much as any other time. I agree. I agree. And I mean, sometimes, you know, sometimes you do need sometimes a, a band aid move while you're waiting on, on some guys to come back is not always the worst thing. But I, I, I agree. They have they have to be the right moves. If you're gonna if you're gonna do anything of, of significance, then you know you have to you have to think in the big picture still too. And it is, it's frustrating. I think, I think we all want to see, you know, you know, you, we all want to see accountability, right. But by the same token, you do have to, you do have to make the, the right moves. And I don't know, I don't know what deals are out there to be made. And as, as I was saying, the coaching change is not going to in, instantly, you know, it's not going to instantly change what the flaws are on the team either. I, I think that, while while it is fair to say that they've really not gotten much of a look at the team they intended to have, but you have to you have to you know you have to view that in light of the fact. Well, how long can you wait to have that team on the ice? And you know you can't really dig the hole too much further here. It, it's uh, you know because it takes so long to dig your way out. You have to you know I, I think I think part of the reason, Jason, that when you look at where teams are, you know. Name the name the date, uh, Thanksgiving or, or Christmas or the start of the year. And you see teams make runs. You know, you see teams get hot. Maybe they win five of six. Another team gets cold, and all of a sudden you're you're two game, you're two points out. Problem is, you got to sustain it, right? Yeah. You you can you make you make a run, and then you have another losing streak, and you fall back again. And that's why it's so hard because you have to not only get hot, but you have to sustain playing hot. And that's uh, yeah. you know. It's, it's, you know, obviously it's a, not a, uh, it's not an enviable situation. Yeah. And that there's an emotional reservoir that yeah. is not bottomless yeah. <laughs> there. And you burn when you're having to fight to get yourself, you just back into a conversation 
then you know you're tapping out that that reservoir and it doesn't you just don't go to the refill station and and retap that there's only so much there in a season so bill i don't want to keep you any longer um, we could go on for a while and, and maybe at some point we will <laughs> but uh it's late uh, we just witnessed that game seven to one the flyers will be back at it tonight uh, and we'll see what happens i have no idea how to predict what the heck is going to happen tonight. I said this on the post-game show to Brian Smith. I said, in 22 hours or whatever at that time, we're going to be back here, and we're going to be going, is this the night that they can end this losing skid? Is this the night that they can start to turn things around? Is this the night that they can start to put the puck in the net? And the answer to all of those questions is, I have no idea. Neither do I. That <laughs> makes two of us. Well, we have that in common. Uh, Bill, thanks for doing this as always. Everybody, thanks for listening. Uh, try and have a good Monday. Do the best you can. And we'll talk to you tonight for the Flyers game on the Flyers Broadcast Network and another brand new episode of Flyers Daily coming up tomorrow. Some learn, many do cover up